This morning, um, we're going to talk about some attributes of Jesus. We're going to talk about our walk, our Christian walk with Jesus. And as I mentioned in the children's message, being a Christian is always, always, always rewarding. But it's not always easy. Sometimes the Lord gets us out of our comfort zone um, and asks us to do some things we may not be comfortable with. You ever had the Lord ask you to do something you're not comfortable with? But what I can tell you is when he asks you to get out of your comfort zone, he's already given you everything you need to accomplish what he's asking you to do. So when you know it's truly coming from God and you're truly called to do something, everything you need is going to be laid out for you. And again, looking at a pioneer, when somebody has done whatever he's calling you to do, when, when you can look to somebody who's done it before, it makes it a lot easier. And I'm blessed here to have a couple of people who've done what I do before. And it's not always easy, is it, John? But I appreciate your example and your ministry because when I look at uh, you and Charlie and other people who have pastored churches, it lets me know that it can be done. The Lord will equip you. The Lord will make a way. I've told you before, when I grew up, I was really shy. Nobody laughed at that. I was really small <laughs> and really shy. And uh, never dreamed that I would speak in front of people. And again, my whole adult life, I have spoke in front of people in some form or fashion. I've either sold things, I've gone and, and, and was in business, or I've, I've been a teacher and, and, and I've been a pastor. So the Lord will equip you. And again, but it's easier to look for people who've done things before. Before I, I was a pastor, there were certain things that, that the Lord called me to do that looked impossible. But when you look at, when you start researching, you start praying about what he's calling you to do, you can find somebody that will lift you up. You can find somebody that can tell you how it can be done. Now, you're going to find a whole lot of people that will tell you how it can't be done. You ever had anybody do that, say, I'm going to do this in ministry, and everybody says, oh, you can't do that. There's going to be a whole lot of those. But look for the ones that lift you up. Those are your true pioneers. And this morning, I'm going to read Scripture in just a second. And I want us to think about Jesus as our pioneer. This Scripture actually refers to Jesus as a pioneer. And I'm going to read from Hebrews chapter 2. We're going to go verses 10 through 18. It was fitting that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, in bringing many children of God, 
should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one Father. For this reason, Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, here I am, and the children whom God has given me. Since therefore the children share flesh and blood, he himself shared the same things, so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. For it is clear that he did not come to help angels, but the descendants of Abraham. Therefore he had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect, so that he might be merciful and faithful and, and be merciful and a faithful high priest in the service of God, to make a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of the people, because he himself was tested by what he has suffered. He is able to help those who are being tested. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you are so awesome, Lord. You've sent your only Son for us to save us. Lord, I thank you for that scripture. And I pray for, um, for each person this morning, Lord, as we, uh, as we study your word, that uh, they receive the blessing that you intend for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Where do we go from here? What's next? Where do we go from here? Have you ever had that thought before? You've had a goal of, um, of going somewhere, and, and you get there, and you're like, what, what am I supposed to do now? What am I supposed to do now? Where do I go now? I've done, you know, I had this one goal to come here. Now I've done it. Now what's next? This morning I want to talk about what Christ expects us to do next. I want to talk about his attributes and his relationship with us, and his relationship with the Father. And then I want to talk about, hey, what we're supposed to do next. Where do we go from here? You see, because the idea of a crucified Savior was not very popular in the ancient world. In Corinthians 1.23, Paul says, But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. The scripture from the scripture from Hebrews shows us that rather than being a disqualification, crucifixion actually is a reinforcement. Jesus' humanity is reinforcement that God sent him as a divine and human being to save our souls. So this is what the scripture actually does. You see, in this text, there's four illustrations that describes the relationship with Jesus to his people. And the first one I've mentioned, it's Jesus is a pioneer. Jesus is also our brother. 
He's our great high priest, and he's our Savior. And I'm going to go through each one of those. I'm going to read some scripture and explain what I mean by Jesus is our pioneer. Again, Hebrews 2.10 tells us that Jesus is our leader, our originator, our founder, our pioneer, our trailblazer. What's a trailblazer? If you want to know what a trailblazer is, think back to, uh, heck, think back to when this area was settled and there was nothing here. There were actually people who would go first and cut the trail to make it easier for people that followed them. That's what a trailblazer is. A pioneer is a trailblazer. He makes the way easier for others to follow. You see, our Savior, our trailblazer, he's perfect. And through his suffering, we can be saved. You see, we're not morally perfect. None of us are. But through our perfect Savior, we can be in relationship with God because of what Jesus has done, not anything that we have done or anything that we can do. You see, we're never going to be morally perfect. But we have a perfect Savior, and He's our representative. He opened the way to bring many sons and daughters to glory. In other words, He opened the way for many people to follow Him. That's what it means to be a trailblazer, to be a pioneer. That's what it means for Jesus to be our pioneer. The only way we can get to where we're supposed to go is by following him. There's no other path. There's no other path except to follow in his footsteps, to accept him as our Savior. You see, but Jesus is also our brother. Hebrews 2, 11 through 13 says, We are the same family, and he's not ashamed to call us brothers. The scripture references two Old Testament passages that make the point. And both these are, are prophetic. In, in Psalm twenty-two, twenty-two, David writes, I will declare your name to my brothers in the presence of his congregation. I will sing your praise. And then in Isaiah 8, 17 and 18, Isaiah says, I will trust you. Here I am, the children of God. You see, that's powerful. Even before Christ's earthly birth, the prophets were looking to him. They were looking for that pioneer. They were already pointing us to the, fine, to the pioneer, to the one that can make our path clear. That's hundreds of years before the birth of Christ. You see, Jesus declares the character of God to his brothers and sisters. He declares the character of God to us. He enters into suffering so we don't have to suffer. All we need to do is trust him. And Jesus stands with us as we're going through trials. Jesus stands with us as we're going through trials. Has anybody ever been through a trial? Uh, I have. There's been several. And there's a difference between trials and temptation. There's differences between trials and temptation. Temptation never comes from God. A temptation never comes from God. It comes from Satan. But sometimes, sometimes we go through a trial. Sometimes we'll go through a trial and, 
and, and we don't understand we're, why we're going through that trial, but sometimes when we go through it and we succeed in that trial, we look back and we see that there may have been a purpose for that trial. You see, because we grow our faith every day. We grow our faith every day. We're not perfect. Our, our, our faith in Christ is not where it should be. It's not exactly where it should be. So we have to basically work it out all the time. And to work something out, to exercise something, you have to sometimes have a little bit of resistance. Sometimes the resistance that we see is actually a trial to make us stronger. It's to make those relationships with Christ stronger. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between a temptation and a trial. But for either, even though the source of the temptation can never be from God, either way we depend on God's grace and mercy to carry us through both. The solution to both is the same. It's to have our faith in Christ. The third uh, characteristic of Jesus' relationship with us is he's our great high priest. In Hebrews 2, 17, 18, it says one of the qualifications for high priest is that he's human. He's like us. You see, Jesus entered the world and took on human flesh. He's merciful and faithful like a high priest. He's our connection to the Father. The only way for us to have a relationship with the Father is through our high priest. Our high priest is Christ. Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is our Savior. Hebrews 2, 14 through 16 tells us this. You see, he enters the world for one purpose, and that purpose is you. That purpose is you. That purpose is me. He suffered and died, took our sins to the grave for all of humanity, but also just for you. If it had just been you, he would have made the same sacrifice because he loves you that much. You see, Jesus is our Savior. You see, he, through his death and resurrection, he destroyed the one who holds the power of death. And he set free the fear of death that enslaves all of us. You see, Jesus is our pioneer. He's our brother. He's our high priest. He's our savior. What do we do next? Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? What's our responsibility? I told you about what Jesus came for and, and, how, uh, and, and the attributes of him, but what do we do? The first thing we have to do is we have to accept him as our Lord and Savior. He has to be our personal Savior. You can't be saved by something somebody else did. You can't be saved by someone else's relationship with Christ. They can be a great influence on you, but the only way to be saved is through your personal relationship with Christ. Romans 10, 9 through 13, Paul assures us, because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with their heart and is justified, and one confesses with their mouth and so is saved. The scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all, 
to all the generations, all who call on him. For everyone who calls on his name, the name of the Lord shall be saved. So the first thing we need to do is make sure we have that relationship with him. We have to accept him as our Savior. To be a Christian, you have to accept Christ as your Savior. And then next, we have to live for him. We have to live for him. He did what he needed to have us to, to, to allow us to have a relationship with him and to have a relationship with God the Father. Now we need to live for him. After we accept Christ, everything we need to do, everything we do needs to have the goal of becoming more like Christ, to strengthen our relationship with Christ. Everything we do should have this. Galatians 2, 19, 20 says, For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ, and, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Again, our sole purpose after we accept Christ is to become more like him, to bring others to him, which I'm going to talk about here in just a second. But we need to work on our personal relationship with God. None, none of us are perfect. None of us are, uh, we, we want to, through Christ's perfection, we have a relationship, but the journey's not over. The journey's not over. Until we start serving each other in love the way Christ served us, we're not there yet. So we still have a ways to go. Again, we've got to become more Christ-like. Philippians 2, 1 through 4 says, If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete by the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourself. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interest of others. That's what it means to be more Christ-like. We need to be looking at other people's needs. We need to bring other people. Again, we can't earn our salvation through good works. It can't be done. The only way is to enter in a relationship with Christ and accept what he did for us. But once we accept that grace, we should want to do People. We should put other people's needs ahead of our own. If we want to be more like Christ, that's what we have to do. That's what we're all called to do. And sometimes that's hard. Because we're even called to be nice to people that are not nice to us. We're called to be nice. We're called to help people that are not like us. That may not look like us, may not believe like us. We're still called to love them and to serve them. You see, to become more Christ-like, that's what we are. It's for, in the Scripture, it says for Jews and Gentiles. It's for all of us, not just certain ones. We are to serve everyone. The final thing we're supposed to do can be the most difficult, but maybe the most rewarding is we're supposed to go and tell other people about Jesus. Every one of us, not just the ones who are called to preach or to, to be a pastor, but every one of us has that calling. We're supposed to be examples of his followers, and we're supposed to point people towards Jesus. Mark 16, 15 and 16 says, Go into all the world and proclaim the good news to the whole creation. 
The one who believes and is baptized will be saved, but the one who does not believe will be condemned. You see, there's still a whole lot of people out here that are not saved. There's still a whole lot of people that we come in contact with every day that don't have that relationship with Christ. Our job is to be Christ's representative. But the thing about it is, everybody, again, is not called to be a pastor. Everyone's not called to lead a church or, 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 or to communicate publicly with a lot of people. You see, the, the thing about God is He calls you to be you. He don't call you to be me. He don't call you to be somebody else. He calls you to be you. So you spread the gospel in your unique way. And it may not be from a pulpit. It may be at a grocery store. It may be, you may be called to serve and people see Christ by the service that you do. That may be the way you show people Christ. That may be the way you lead people to Christ. And who knows, you may be called to, to do this. You may be called to lead a, a Sunday school class. You may be called to lead, again, a mission project. There's so many ways out there to serve Christ. When we're serving people and we, and we have the mission field to serve all people, there's so many ways out there we can serve Him. But again, be yourself. He made you very unique. He gave you gifts that I don't have. He gave you gifts that other people may not have. But you may not have some gifts that other people do. So you've got to be uniquely, you've got to stay within who you are, but you have to deliver the message of Jesus Christ. And the message that we need to be delivering is that Christ is our pioneer. He's our brother. He's our great high priest. And most of all, he's our savior. And through him, we can all be saved. I want to close with uh, some questions. These questions are, have you accepted Him as your Lord and Savior? Are you living for Him? Are you trying to become more like Him? And are you telling others about Him? And if you can't say yes to all those, then it's simple. We just have more work to do. We have more work to do. After we accept him, again, we have to live for him. We've got to become more Christ-like, and we have to tell others about him. That's what we're called to do. If there's anyone here or anyone listening who has not accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, today's a wonderful day to do it. All you have to do is, is pray for him to come in your heart And tell somebody about it. And there's plenty of work to do for everybody once you accept him. He'll give you something to do, I promise you. He'll point you the direction to go. If you've accepted him, but you're really not living for him right now, you need to repent, which pretty much from here, only from here back is probably in that Boat, because again, none of us are perfect. We need to repent every day. And we need to strive to become more like Him. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, again, just thank you for your presence here, Lord. Thank you for, uh, for being our Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray uh, for each person here.
each person that's listening, Lord, if they don't have a relationship with you, they come to that relationship today, Lord. And for everyone who has accepted you as their Lord and Savior, Lord, I pray that we are all living for you and our goal is to become more like you. And that we tell other people about our relationship with you and how you are our Savior. And Lord, I pray all this in your name. Amen.